This is a very special day. Uh, we, we're having our all-church annual meeting uh, right now. We've never done this before, and frankly, we may never do it again. We'll figure out how this goes. <laughs> But I'm really excited about this. You know, I think normally um, several years back, we, we about 10, 12, 14 years back, I think, we started our annual meeting the week before Thanksgiving, and uh, we made it into a banquet, and, and it was a great, great thing over to the gym and have, you know, several hundred people there. It was just a time of celebration. And last year we moved it um, to right after worship, and, and it was really a neat thing. And so we went over after uh, we had worship, then we went over and had our annual meeting, and then we had big uh, banquet. And today we're just integrating. This is like the Old Testament covenants, uh, where it was our vision for this, that uh, the the work, the business of the church. Uh, should be always done in the midst of a worship environment. And uh, I think we, we never ever need to, uh, should forget that. And so a couple minutes uh, from now, we'll, we'll have our annual meeting um, as far as the election of officers and the adoption of the budget. Um, and then we're all going to go over uh, to the gym. I hope you all can go. Uh, we're going to have a Thanksgiving meal. And uh, I really, really think this is such a neat time of celebration. And, you know, coming after COVID, um, I think we're all, we're still in one, one worship. We have so many people who are still online at this point. And um, we thought we'd take advantage of that and to be able to celebrate today. And so, you know, this, this last summer, I took some time away and just, I, I wanted to do something I hadn't done for several years, I realized, and that was just dive deeply uh, into Paul's letters, but also into our new shared values. Back in the spring, we adopted a new set of values. Uh, we will become more like Jesus through the work of the Holy Spirit as we connect with the people God puts in our lives, as we develop meaningful relationships, and, and as we change the world for good. And I'll tell you, you know, before COVID, I used to take uh, time off, uh, not time off, but I'd take some very intentional time away uh, just with the Bible, reflecting, praying on our call as a church and, and getting ready for, for different sermon series. And I realized I hadn't done that. Uh, and, and frankly, I really needed to do that this summer and just get out of the business of the day to day and just dive deep into scripture. And as I did that, Galatians 5 kept coming back to me. The only thing that matters, the only thing that counts, is faith working through love. The only thing, that, that, that verse sums up Galatians. And, and we've been studying Galatians over the last month. Uh, Paul wrote this letter because some people came uh, to the church at Galatia. It was a, a group that he had, he had started the church. They were all Gentile converts. Uh, they didn't know anything about really the, the Israelite Hebrew tradition. And, and Paul taught them everything they knew about the gospel of Jesus. And so some people came in town and they said, you know, Paul has only taught you part of the gospel. And he did that because he's a people pleaser and he wanted to water it down so it would be easier for you to digest. And they said that Paul left out the part that they needed to get circumcised and that they needed to follow the Jewish Torah. If they wanted to follow Jesus, they basically were saying, you got to be Jewish. And this made Paul furious. 
And we talked about this so much over the last several weeks, right? Paul says the same covenant that God made with Abraham all the way back in Genesis, it is now available to anyone, Jew or Gentile alike, because Jesus was the Jewish Messiah. And he says this is all they need to be to be covenant people, all they need is faith. That's it. The time for the law is gone. That is past. Time for circumcision is in the past. Through faith and faith alone in Jesus as the Messiah, anybody, Jew, Gentile, male, female, slave, free, everybody, anyone can inherit Abraham's covenant. They can inherit Abraham's call, that blessing that God placed upon he and his descendants, that they would be blessed to be a blessing to other nations, other peoples. And it doesn't come through law. It doesn't come through circumcision. It comes from faith and faith alone. Jesus' followers, Paul argues throughout Galatians, Jesus' followers are now God's covenant people. They will be blessed to be a blessing to other people as God works through their lives. Listen to Paul, 5.5 uh, five and 5.6. For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. That, that's, I think, the second song that George sang was just perfect for this. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. This is where Paul moves from theory to practice in Galatians. Uh, the only thing that matters, he says, is faith working through love. The only thing that matters. This is how the Messiah's people are to be known. Not by following the law, not by doing things, but by love. But even more, love at work. Faith working through love. He says that's the only thing that counts. You know, and we found half of Galatians is about Abraham. Because God's blessing upon Abraham and upon his descendants to be blessed to be a blessing to others, that's really another way of saying faith working through love. It's the same thing. It's the only thing that counts. Faith working through love. Now, in, in Greek, and I'm not going to go into it because we don't have time, frankly, and it kills me to do this, but we're skipping so much. In, in Greek, the passage right there, 5-6, it's a bookend to something that Paul said back in chapter 2, and, and I think it's really important to come back to. Galatians 2-20, Paul says, And it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now this is very, very profound. And everything in between 2.20 and 5.6, it's been leading to this part right here. Faith in the Son of God who loved me, who gave himself for me. He's talking about faith in Jesus' work on the cross, right? Jesus' work, he gave himself for me. That was Jesus' work of love. His love for the world, his love for you, his love for me. He gave himself. Jesus giving himself was the ultimate work of love. The only thing that matters, Paul says, is faith working through love. Paul is saying our faith in Jesus' work of love is what saves us. It's what grafts us into God's covenant people. But he's also saying 
the only thing that counts as a response to that work of love is whether or not our faith is at work through love. And this is huge, and, and I want us to get it. It's, it's really, really, it's amazing what Paul is saying here. If we know about Jesus, that he gave himself for us out of love, then we as his followers are to be marked by the same character, faith working through love. The only response that counts to Jesus' work of love is our faith working through love. If I have faith that Jesus loved me, and if I have faith that Jesus gave himself for me, following him means I show the same character as my response to the work that saved me. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. Paul says, you can tell the Messiah's people because they are the faith working through love people. But it's not our work. It's Christ who lives within me. It's the Spirit working through me. Just like God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless others through you. Faith working through love and blessed to be a blessing, they're really different ways to describe the exact same thing. God works through his followers to change the world. So I, I basically took about a month this last summer, and, and it just, I, I just wanted to study and reflect on what that might look like for Hillspring. God had given us a tremendous gift this last year with the shared values. I, I just, I feel it down to my bones. Become, connect, develop, change. And, and at that point, with our board, we strategized some, some deliverables that we want to just come out of the gate with regarding those shared values, like our second Sunday neighborhood eats. We had that last week where we brought in food trucks, you know, so we could all eat together during, after worship uh, on second Sundays. And, and we have a lot of new faces, and, and we still to this day, we still have people coming back from COVID, and we have a lot of people online as well. And we wanted a chance to connect with the people God was putting in our lives. And we wanted an opportunity to develop meaningful relationships. And we, we, we really wanted to, to, to look at programs, ways that we could change the world. So our, our new uh, up-to-code program um, was designed to partner with local code enforcement, and, and it was really designed to help us change the world for good is what it goes down to. A code enforcement, they've been helping us identify homeowners who are struggling to keep up with their homes uh, due to aging, debilitating injuries, illness, whatever. And we just wanted to help them to be able to stay in their homes because housing is a big issue in our community. And we have a picture from yesterday. Um, this group went out in 20 degree cold weather as well as the group that was here and, and they just helped work on homes. I, it's a beautiful program. And like I said, we have a list of things like this. They were strategies. And they included a scorecard uh, that would help us measure how we're actually doing on these values um, as disciples, as a church. And the values were to guide us as we pursue our vision of live, love, grow. And we wanted to know, how can we measure becoming a disciple? How can we measure becoming like Jesus or connecting with 
the people God's putting in our lives or, or, or developing meaningful relationships or changing the world for good. And so part of my work this summer was just, you know, like I said, diving headfirst into Paul's letters, reflecting on the shared values, and then thinking, how can we measure this stuff? And, and like I say, the Apostle Paul did not let me down. Uh, when you're talking about quantifying anything, I mean, that's what he says. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. And you're going to hear more about the scorecard uh, to come, but God spoke to me through the apostles' words. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. This faith in action, and, and the center of it has to be love or else it doesn't matter. And our world desperately needs to experience faith working through love. You know, I, I just still think about who could have foreseen the last couple of years, really? I mean, when you say it out loud, it sounds absurd. A global pandemic brought a complete shutdown imposed by our government of the world that we know for nearly two years. Businesses, schools, sports, everything, including church. And, and this frankly, brought about a division in every single sector of our society. I mean, the, the, the fracture was there, but it just... Poof. That doesn't happen in the United States. And, and it's either in fiction or it's in, like, Iron Curtain countries, right? I mean, but, but it did happen. And we're still putting the pieces together. And navigating that mess, it was, it was just incredibly draining on all of us, every one of us. God has brought a lot of people, new people, to our church over the last couple of years, and, and I'm so thankful. And we still have, like I say, so many who are you know, continuing to join us, and every week we see somebody we haven't seen for a couple of years. This last year, we've been rebuilding our church. And, and the new shared values, I just felt they were a gift from God. You know, it's like the pillar of fire and clouds that, that God gave the Hebrews through Exodus. You know, become, connect, develop, change. Those values were our compass. They, they pointed us to true north. But the shared values, they weren't the only God, gift that God gave us. God has been way ahead calling us into the future all along. Something huge was coming. We have a massive opportunity to experience faith working through love like we haven't been able to experience yet. I think God's calling us to a new chapter in our experience of faith working through love in East Kennewick. You know, we started at Eastgate Elementary over 10 years ago. Uh, we have an after-school program. Before we were at Eastgate, we were actually over in, in Pasco um, at Mark Twain Elementary, and it was a great program. We wanted to create an after-school program. Here on campus was, was actually the dream. Um, and we have an amazing preschool, if you know anything about the preschool. Um, and we thought, what a great thing if we had a follow-up after kids were done with preschool that they could just matriculate into an after-school program here. It'd be a great gift for the, the families around the campus, the neighborhood. And, and we also have an amazing ministry in Honduras. 
We partner long-term with families in the mountains of Honduras. Um, and and it, it, it's all about relationships. And it's about long-term change as we grow together. And, and we do you know, things like water and housing. I saw this morning um, there was an amazing new pump system. It was solar that we just put in Ojo de Agua. I, I just couldn't believe it. Um, but ag, and, and the thing is, we don't do these things for them. We work with them, and our lives change just as much as anybody's. And so we wanted a, a domestic program that would be similar to that international program. So after praying about it, we, we realized we needed to look for the area in the greater Tri-Cities region that had the highest risk kids with the lowest amount of services that were trying to help them. And you know, honestly, I figured we'd stay in East Pasco. But the more we talk with schools and city officials and police and, and all kinds of helping agencies, it was clear we were being called to East Kennewick. And then God, we, we just discerned, God was calling us to partner with Eastgate Elementary. And our relationship has grown so much over the years. It's, it, now, kids from East Kennewick actually come to our youth group. And they're part of our camps. And we had a, a group of them go to, to Montana this summer with our youth. And uh, they're here every week now. A, a big shift happened when we moved our treat and trunk from the campus over to Kennewick. And you know, we had one of the longest, I think the first treat and trunk in the whole Tri-Cities was here. And, and it was an amazing experience. You know, kids from the neighborhood had come and we put on all kinds of stuff in the gym for them. And, and it was really hard for me when uh, we wanted to get away from ourselves and serve the community, but internally, you know, I was, I was trying to be everybody's cheerleader, but when someone suggested we move it to Eastgate, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> but it's the best thing we've ever done. And I want to invite you to watch a, a video with Gene Block, and, uh, who coordinates our After School Matters program, and also Nikki Wood, who is the, the counselor over at Eastgate. And, and they want to talk about the partnership and how it shifted when we moved Treat and Trunk. Treat and Trunk, honestly, for me, it's probably one of my favorite nights of the whole year, just because to have the kids come through with their families and you get to like see their parents, meet those parents. And I think, you know, sometimes it's hard for families to come into school. You know, school, we try and create a very welcoming, safe environment, but it still can be intimidating, you know, coming into the school. And so to have an event that is fun and, you know, they can see some of their, you know, teachers and other, you know, staff members out there, it just kind of breaks down some barriers, you know, that we're having fun and we're just friendly and we're having that interaction. And, you know, I've met parents that I've never met before through Treat and Trunk. And so that's been really amazing. And just the sheer number of families we have come through is like, wow. And the teamwork with Eastgate itself. We had 10 um, cars mm -hmm. represented by staff at Eastgate this year. So that was, that was really cool to be able to do that with them. Yeah. We also have them uh, reflecting on what shifted during the COVID uh, time. I think this is fascinating. Well, this is my 10th year being the counselor at Eastgate. And I, over those 10 years, it's been pretty amazing to see the evolution of the partnership between Hillspring and Eastgate. When I first started, um, 
we were running an after-school program, um, but it was a lot different than it is now. You know, it was just, you know, we had lots of kids involved, which was awesome. Um, but how it's changed is really that focus on the connection with the families. I mean, COVID was huge. We really had to figure out what we were gonna do. You know, we had students not in school. We knew that our families were hurting and had were so impacted by COVID. And so really being able to, you know, switch our focus um, to how do we reach out to our families? How do we gather information from our families, like on, you know, what they need? It was really incredible to be able to make that shift so quickly and work as a team to be able to provide all those resources for those families. And from my perspective, the, there was a blessing through COVID because, um, because we didn't have the connection with the kids on my end. Um, I could connect with parents mm -hmm. and I texted mm -hmm. and called and I would just say, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, I don't want to need anything. No, I just want to know how are you mm -hmm. doing? Mm -hmm. And so we built relationships with parents by doing that. And, that was awesome. You know, for example, this year to be able to offer 25 of our families Thanksgiving meals is incredible. Um, and then looking at our Christmas support between adoptive families that some people do and then running the Christmas store. I mean, I can think back to years, you know, way back to the start when I was here where we we were basically, we had families calling, can you help, can you help? And we just had nothing to offer them. And so now to be able to sit down as a team and, and look at what we have available and really match our families who have the need to be able to provide these resources has been incredible. We're able to reach out to 53 families this year uh, it's between the amazing. two. So, you yeah. know, that is, you know, 10% of, more than 10% of our, of our population here. So we've been praying about next steps for East Kennewick for quite some time. And through the pandemic, we, we started a monthly food distribution at Eastgate Elementary called uh, Mobile Market. And we also, we worked with school counselors at the time to identify some families that needed some extra help uh, throughout the pandemic. And, and we're still providing food for hundreds every single month uh, over in East Kennewick through our mobile market program. And, and I want to invite you to watch uh, April, um, who's our worship leader, and Jean, and uh, actually Audrey, uh, April's daughter, is in here too, talking about the mobile market. Hello, I'm Audrey, and we're at the mobile market. We are giving food to people. Uh, we've been doing this for 31 months now here at uh, Eastgate and in that time with the mobile market we've had uh, 600 hours of volunteer time put in which is amazing that's so cool uh, we've had like 35,000 pounds of food go out and like 3,400 families have been served uh, so it's it's an amazing project to be a part of and it's hard not to be excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, don't, I think it was a few months into uh, us doing the mobile markets here that I finally came to my first one. I didn't really, I didn't really know what was happening. Um, and then my first one, I have not missed one since, I don't think. <laughs> I'll plan my vacation days around which day a mobile market is because I want to be here. Um, and I, it's been fun to see also just the, the new faces of people in our church that start to come and volunteer because I don't think they even know. And then once they come, they're like, 
now they're here every time yeah. because they just they see the need even a good friend of mine just started helping this last month and um, she was in awe of just uh, what we're able to do uh, and then also uh, just the amount of people that need the help still with I mean averaging 250 families every first Thursday of every month yeah. in, for two hours and that's just a small dent. So we've done a lot in East Kennewick in the last 10, 12 years. Um, but the heart that God gave us for the families and for the children in this region told us there was still some more faith working through love that needed to happen. And so this last spring, our church consultant, Reggie McNeil, was here. And um, a good friend of mine and, and a member of our church, Frank Murillo, was here in worship. And he received a vision from God. I remember the Sunday. Um, as he heard Reggie preaching that day, and uh, Frank was just about to buy a building over in East Kennewick, and it included apartments and, and areas for several businesses, but it also had a, a, a restaurant and a large warehouse uh, that could be renovated into any type of a gathering space. And he had plans for the apartment building, or apartments, and he had plans for a couple of the businesses, but not for the restaurant and not for the warehouse. And so God called Frank, and he listened. And he knew all about our work over in East Kennewick. Um, his, his grandchild actually attends Eastgate Elementary, and his nephew, Joshua Hardo, was our staff person for a while with uh, After School Matters. And several years back, we were trying to find a, a location for a restaurant that we could uh, teach kids how to, to operate restaurants in, in uh, East Pasco, and he was really, really active in that. So Frank wants to give back. And I want to share a little bit of Frank reflecting on his story and how he started out and, and how similar his story is to a lot of the kids in Eastgate. As a nine-year-old immigrant coming to this country, um, it was not the easiest thing growing up as a kid because we moved around so much and and I couldn't be like your normal kid that you know would do the sports and do all this because we we would have to move to different communities to do the follow the seasonality of the different harvest that my parents were were working well that we were all working in going back a little bit further back we all wanted a place to call home a place that we could go to because we didn't have a home. We, I mean, we moved so much that we couldn't say, okay, this is where we're going to live again, and this is the same neighbors that we're going to have, this is the same friends we're going to have. No, because we moved around. I couldn't tell you how many times I moved around. It was three times a year at least. And uh, um, I went to a community. It was like a boys and girls club at, at, uh, in Pasco called Navy Homes. Um, and uh, that was my home. That was a place that I called home as a kid, and I could mingle with other kids, played games, and I didn't have anything to worry about. Um, but it was a volunteer that was there, would go sometimes and not other days, because it was volunteer. But when he, when he would open those doors, man, we were there. We would walk from wherever we were to go 
have a soda or just hang around and play and mingle with other kids and be safe. Moving forward, I felt this need to give back to the community. I don't have much, but I felt the need to give back to, to the community. And Reggie, thanks to Reggie, it's Reggie's fault. I come in and I love the way he speaks and, and uh, how he engages everybody in it. And he's got me all wrapped up and he's talking about giving back. And I felt this emptiness in my heart that I have to do something. My beautiful daughter-in-law, uh, Jasmine Murillo, sells commercial real estate and she came across this building. She's like, Frank, you gotta come and look at this building. Thinking, okay, I'm gonna be nice, father-in-law, and go visit, see this building and, and uh, maybe help her out. Well, I walked in and, and all I keep, kept hearing is, you know, there's something we can do in this community. And that's how all this came about. So it's thanks to Reggie that now I have this ugly old building that I want to turn into something beautiful that can give back to kids like it was given to me as a kid. As soon as I, I ended up buying the, the, the building, I called Brian and I said, Brian, thanks to Reggie, now I own an old ugly building. <laughs> and uh, I said, but this is my vision and this is my, my time to give back to the community. This is my time to do something that if I can make a difference in one kid's life like someone did to me, I'll be happy. I think that's my calling. And if I can teach a kid how to work, if I can teach a kid how to fish, that's what I want to do. Give a kid an opportunity to believe in themselves so they can become part of society. Um, again, with the background that I have, my parents never knew what a parent-teacher conference was because they were out in the fields working. Um, I fed my two younger sisters, Brisa and Monica, cat food because I thought it was tuna. <laughs> so, Brian didn't know the story, but now my little sister will watch for me. But um, again, those are the things that I want to make a difference on is believing in a kid and giving back is, is, is what my calling is. God knew we needed a community building. And Frank heard and answered God's call. He's offered us right around 4,000 square feet including a restaurant and big, huge open space, uh, first in Washington, right in the heart of East Kennewick, completely rent-free. This is an incredible opportunity that we have for faith working through love. And we're in the discernment praise, uh, phase. We're praying about how best to use, utilize this space, and uh, we're working with uh, a variety of different people on that. But Frank Stone dated the space, and now I think it's our turn to listen for God's call. Um, doing the same thing we did when we started Eastgate. We're trying to, to just pray, to listen, uh, not assuming we know what's best, but knowing God has a plan. And our job is to discern that plan. We've been talking with school officials, talking about uh, leaders in the community, surveying the community. Um, and I want to share uh, Trevor Owen, our pastor of spiritual formation, 
um, talking about that process. Thanks, Brian, and I am really excited about the opportunities and the possibilities with this building. I mean, building on the years of ministry and connection and partnership and friendship with the people in East Kennewick, this gives us a new opportunity to move forward. I, you know, we're dreaming at this point about what do we do with this space? We're asking the community, we're filling out, we're asking people to fill out surveys and, and what is it that is the next step for this community to continue to grow, to learn, to, to, to rise above, to work with their kids and their schools and their jobs, to transform this place into what God has for it. So you'll hear a lot more about it as we move forward, but I just wanted to let you know, man, we are dreaming, we are praying, we are asking God to show us what is he doing, what is he building here, and how can we partnership with it. Thank you, Hillspring, for years of work here, and I'm excited to see what comes from that in the future. This last week, I was um, at lunch with a friend of mine who just like a month ago, two months ago, retired as a police officer over, over in Kennewick. And he was w reflecting on some of the history of this building. And it's amazing how many people have been in it. And the more you talk about it with anyone who's been in the Tri-Cities for long. And I, I just think, what an amazing, amazing beacon of hope that this can be. Um, in the middle of that community. As we pursue our vision of Live, Love, Grow, God's provided a space to help us become like Jesus through the work of the Holy Spirit as we connect with the people God's putting in our lives, as we develop meaningful relationships. We can change the world for good. God can change the world for good through us. We're praying about what that's going to entail, but the only thing that counts is faith working through love. I think this is a pivotal moment in our church's very long legacy. And I'm so excited about this next year. Uh, we have a huge call in the greater Tri-City region, but we have an even bigger God that is leading us, and all we have to do is follow Usually in our all-church meeting, there's a whole lot of stuff that we do, um, and, and some of that stuff we're going to kind of defer. I'm going to uh, show you how to uh, access or we have handouts of our annual uh, report. But I want to pause and recognize, and I hope they're all in here, um, our staff have done so much, and, and God has just given us such an amazing team uh, last several years, but also for a very, very, very long time. And I asked Peggy to look up uh, so, some of the tenures of our staff and how long they have been um, in ministry here, and it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And so uh, if you guys are here, you want to stand up, but uh, if Grimelda's here, and I know she was downstairs, Grimelda, Pastor, get, get up here. This next year, this, I, I was actually really surprised. I knew she'd been here for a while. She's been, she'll be here 19 years this next year. It's been amazing to watch her grow into, because she actually started as, she was a, our bookkeeper when, when I came. And uh, it was just amazing to watch God call her into pastoral ministry. And we couldn't be more blessed. Uh, with Grimelda. Uh, I think just she's kind of the heart of our church. 
Is Janelle here? She's going to hate standing up. She's in the kitchen. Of course she's in the kitchen. Uh, we'll all go over and see. Uh, make sure. Janelle's been here 18 years, or will be next year. And uh, she's a phenomenal, just machine. La Mahina. Um, Tammy will be here 15 years this next year. Uh, you want to stand up? And she does all of our, uh, you know, our graphics and everything. She was actually, we'll talk about the sign in a couple minutes, but she was painting that in our kitchen last night. Um, Justin, who's back in the corner, stand up. We'll be here 14 years next year. Peggy, who is our executive pastor, and there again, watching God call her and talk about someone who's grown into uh, the position. She runs the whole place. Uh, Peggy will be here 13 years on staff this next year. Jeremy, I, I know he's, oh, he's actually going to sneak up here uh, nonchalantly. <laughs> and and uh, he'll be here 11 years on staff this next year. He does our facility. Um, He's our facility manager. He's actually, uh, through Wazoo, he's a master gardener because we kind of have some plants out there. <laughs> and uh, he also is in charge of our men's ministry. April, who should be around here somewhere. Where's April? She's going to sneak in. Where is she? Anyway, the, the redhead. She took a little sabbatical there, but we're giving it to her. Uh, she moved to Texas, then came back. Um, she'll be here 10 years this next year. Jean Block, who is actually running our uh, visual tech right now, uh, and she's in charge of our After School Matters program and a variety of other domestic ministries. And, and she'll be here six years next year. Lindsay Shelton, who is back in the corner. Stan, Lindsay. She has been amazing leading our Sprouts Preschool. Our Sprouts Preschool is phenomenal. And I'll tell you right now, as amazing as our living nativity is, you need to come in the midst of it all for the preschool, the Sprouts Preschool. It's always one of the best things we have going. And uh, she'll be here six years in that job next year. Now, I was amazed at this. Trevor Hollenbeck. Um, we're, he's back doing the, yeah, yeah, he's in, we have two tech teams anymore. And so Trevor Hollenbeck is our IT uh, manager, and he will be here five years. And I'll tell you, God brought him, we, we would not be where we are today if it wasn't for him. I mean, he really was an amazing gift through COVID um, with all the tech stuff. Trevor Owen will be here four years next year. You want to stand, Trevor? Kelsey uh, will be here two years on staff. And there again, Kelsey was here for a very long time. Her family moved to Washington, D.C., and she came back, and, and she's just been a phenomenal gift in so many areas. And then uh, Nicole, and you can see, um, we used last year's picture, but, but you can kind of tell which one. Three of these belong together. Um, so, Nicole, where is Nicole? She has just been our amazing, amazing manager. She's managing our ministries. And she'll be here, uh, you know, one year, next year. Uh, but that's 139 years total. 
Isn't that amazing? That's just phenomenal. I'm so blessed personally to be able to, to work with them. Uh, we're, we're like family, and I, I just love every single one of them so much. And I'm so thankful that God has brought all of you into our uh, leadership. And, and yeah, I'll be here 15 years. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Tammy. <laughs> 